The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited to have you guys back to the show. But let me tell you, I'm even more excited about our guest today. Uh, we have the real estate investor coach, Mr. Chris Rude. Chris, thanks for joining us today. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm real good. I'm hanging out here on the beach, so life is good. Hey, can't get much better than that. I, I appreciate you joining us. I know you got a lot going on with everything uh, at the, the house there right now, so we very much appreciate it. For those that are hearing your name, your voice for the first time, hopefully not, but if they are, would love to get your origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and where you're at really these days with everything. Well, as you can probably tell from my uh, South Louisiana accent, I'm from uh, Cajun country, South Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, born and raised there. Been an entrepreneur my, pretty much my whole life. Hell, I was selling baseball cards out of the back of my book sack in fourth grade. So I always had a knack for business sales. And in college, my my sophomore year in college, I wanted to start a business. So I, I started a business out of the back of my truck, changing oil, like just going from people's houses, changing oil, washing cars. That kind of started my entrepreneurial journey. That turned into a um, a pretty large business. By the time I had graduated college, I was making, you know, a hundred thousand a year. In my senior year, so I was like, shit, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go and get a job. My buddies are going getting jobs for making 30 grand a year back in 05 when I graduated college. My buddies went and got jobs. I'm like, I'm gonna keep doing this. And I scaled that business to eventually buying four physical locations. And we had about 33 employees. You know, we did we were doing really well. I was 20, 25, 26 years old making some money. And let me back up. The way I, I was able to to scale that and get by five locations, because you're like, Chris, how did you get the money to buy those locations? Well, by chance, if you remember 2007, right before the real estate crash, I noticed that the market was running up and we had a house. And I told my wife, I said, we need to sell this house. Like everything's, everything's like blowing up. People are selling their house. So put our house in the market. We sold it when I was like 23, 24. And we sold and made 125000 in our first house, right? That we were living in. That's how much appreciation there was. And we had, we had almost double the appreciation because we had Hurricane Katrina that hit in 2005. And everybody got displaced from New Orleans. They either went to Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Houston, Atlanta. So in conjunction with the real estate market already being hot, you had a big influx of people looking for houses. So it almost doubled the, the value of the market. So we heard we put our house to sale, made 125000 at first flip, and uh, I rolled that into buying a physical location, finding you know a motivated seller. And I, I kind of did that a few different times, I flipped another piece of land, I flipped the foreclosure, I kept rolling my profits into buying physical locations, not even knowing that I was really flipping houses in the sense that I, I wasn't trying to be a flipper. So anyway, bought a bunch of locations, got real busy with that, and uh, stopped doing real estate because I was so busy with my, my mechanic shop, quick lubes and bar washes, that I uh, got disinterested in real estate. You know, made some good money, and then like three, four years passed. I'm like, let me get back into real estate. I made a few bucks. Let me reinvest. Went and you know, read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and was like, yeah, I want to want to get back in real estate, and, and started making a bunch of offers on MLS, trying to find deals. I'd make 20, 30 offers, and my realtor would trying to find deals, and um, Bought about three million dollars worth of single family homes, putting twenty percent down, you know, buying them at 80, 85 cents on the dollar. And um, you know, I thought I was a real estate investor until 
2014 when the oil field went from $125 a barrel to $25 a barrel. And the South, especially South Louisiana, heavily dependent on oil and gas, right? And we lost thousands of jobs and shit almost went bankrupt, right? And I got lucky the first time when in 2000, you know, 2000, uh, what was it, 2007, when I flipped that house, we flipped it right before the crash, like three months before the crash. So I timed that well, right? I looked like a, a cool cat and made all that money and got out before got out before the market crashed. But in 2014, we freaking we we took it on the chin in, in, in the south and we lost thousands of jobs. All of my rentals started going vacant because they were nice properties. I was getting fifteen hundred bucks a month be, to to two thousand dollars a month. I was buying nicer high end properties. And in my shops that I had, we were heavily dependent on all field work. We started losing our ball field accounts. They were either going bankrupt or they were moving to Texas. And I saw the writing on the wall. I was, I was heading toward a financial catastrophe. And I knew I was going to probably end up going bankrupt because I, I started losing twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. Well, right around that same time, I, uh, I, I started searching around on YouTube and I, I found out, like, I kept on typing in real estate investing and this guy kept popping up about wholesaling real estate. I'm like, wholesaling real estate? How do you wholesale real estate? So started digging deeper into that. Like that makes a lot of sense. You can make money quick. You don't, you know, you don't have to buy a house. You can make 10, 15, $20,000 on a, on a property just by assigning the contract or flipping the contract. So I hired three mentors back to back to back. And literally within 30 days, I made $47,000 after my second mentor, like just doing it on the side while I was still running my shops part time, putting out a bunch of bandit signs and doing, you know, running around town and and I was like, man, you know how many oil changes, brake jobs, and tune-ups, and floor washes I got to do to make forty-seven thousand dollars? I was like, I'm in the wrong business. So I told all my, I told all my uh, managers, that, uh, all four of my shops, to say, listen, don't call me unless somebody dies. I threw them the keys and I said, I'm doing real estate full time. So I, I, I started doing wholesaling full time. I started making, you know, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred grand a month as I kept progressively, you know, putting more time and effort and spending more money in marketing, and I was able to cover my losses with all the shops that were losing revenue. And I was able to cover all my losses with the, the, the properties I had bought that weren't, weren't being rented. And literally that's what saved me from going bankrupt. Uh, otherwise I'd have had. And, and so I slowly started selling off all those single family homes. Now I was some, some of those houses I lost $40,000 on just to get rid of. And I started slowly selling off my shops, got lucky with a couple of shops. I sold them to a big national chain, made quite a bit of money on one sale. Matter of fact, I saw about this this house, this beach house here in Destin, Florida. We 1031 exchanged that money from that commercial building into this property and now we rent it out. So finally, you know, got through all of selling most of the shops. Still got one one shop to this day that I that I wasn't able to sell, but you know, it is what it is. But we've we basically never looked back. And I've I've been wholesaling and flipping and and buying mobile home parks and doing land development and, and teaching people how to do it. So that's kind of my uh, 50,000 foot view story of, you know, where I was and where I am now. Man, that that's awesome. I, I love the the ebbs and flows that you had there. I mean, I'm sure it was tumultuous while you were going through it, but it's a really cool story. And it, it's a, a testament to the power of real estate and being able to focus and really learn and scale what you're able to do. To your point, I mean, a lot of us still in find ourselves in W-2 jobs. And we think we can't escape. We can't do it on the side. But I think your story is one that comes to mind that you can do it on the side. Then you can make it full time and make the switch eventually. So yeah, listen, there, there are a lot of ebbs and flows in there. But what sticks out in your career as as an unsuccess story that was one of the maybe a bigger lesson or a big aha moment that, that you're able to pull out? Absolutely. So basically not knowing how to buy right. 
that that is the end end all of, of most real estate investors. They try to get it. They say, oh man, I, you know, I read a rich dad poor dad. I went to Dan Merrill event, or I went to you know, I'm all jazzed up because I listened to this coach. And um, guys, listen, if you don't buy right, you you make your money when you buy. I know that's very cliche. Everybody says that it is so true. You have you, you heavily underestimate how cheap you have to buy properties to be a professional real estate investor, right? Invest professional investors don't buy properties at 80, 90 cents in the dollar. It's, you know, we, we buy at 40, 50, 60, 70 cents in the dollar if it's a fantastic property in a great area. You have to learn how to buy right. And, and that goes back to direct to seller marketing, going direct to the seller, not buying you deals on MLS. I still get deals from realtors here and there, you know, that are off market pocket listings. But that that was the defining moment that I that almost put me in the poorhouse by overpaying for properties on MLS and buying it, especially if you buy, I was buying at the top of the market at 80, 85 cents on the dollar. Well, when the market pulls back that, you know, 20, 15, 20% equity position evaporates and either, either you had parity with equity or you might be upside down in negative equity. And that's what happened to me. So that was a huge learning lesson for me. And especially when I started my wholesaling business and, and all the wholesaling businesses is a direct to seller marketing business, right? You just, you're marketing for motivated sellers and you're finding heavily discounted properties from motivated sellers with lots of equity. When I started doing that and buying properties at 40, 50, 60 cents in the dollar was a game changer because it's kind of hard to lose if you're buying a property at 50 cents in the dollar, even if the market pulls back. I mean, so what if the market put on a statistical average, you know, when we had the 2008 real estate crash as a whole, the real estate pulled back 15% as a whole. Now you did have markets that pulled back 30, 40, 50, 60%, like, you know, feeding Arizona pulled back 65%. But as a whole, if you took it as an aggregate, it was about 15%. So if you're buying at 50 cents on the dollar, that it's an, it's, it's, it, you're hedging your bets, right? You're, you're hedging against the market ups and downs. So that is the biggest learning lesson is that you guys need to make sure you buy right, you buy cheap, and you buy good properties in a good area for a discount, not, not a 10, 20% discount. <laughs> right. So for those that are listening, and I, and I hear you say you got to buy cheap, and it sounds like you you went through these growing pains. What what is it that that you didn't see in those initial properties that that cost you the most? And then on the flip side of that, what was it that you found out that made you think, oh, I'm actually buying these way too high. I need to be buying them even lower. What what was the kind of break point in what you were finding there? One word: experience. I've never experienced a financial crash. I had lived through one. I mean, at the time I was 25, you know, or 20, yeah, no, 2014, I was, I'm sorry, 2014, I'm actually with about 30 years old. So that we went through a crash in 2007, but really I didn't get affected by it because the South did really well because oil still stayed strong. And so the, the Texas, Louisiana really did well through the 2008 crisis. And I had been through crashes in the eighties, but I was a child. I didn't know what I was going through. So not ever experiencing a true meltdown of the economy was the biggest learning lesson because you have to experience an economic crash to really appreciate its ramifications of what it does to businesses and cash flow and you know with the mindset that you have to have when you you like you're losing revenue on a daily basis it's, it it'll freak you out and so that that would that because you think oh you start a business it's always the economy is always gonna you're always gonna have customers no business is cyclical it, it's boom bust boom bust unfortunately that's kind of the the way our economy works 
And that was a huge factor for me is having the experience to know that things aren't always going to be good. That's what I had. I, I thought I thought things were always going to be good when I first started my business. Well, let me ask you this. If we have somebody that's listening right now, which a lot of our listeners, I think, are, are on the edge of jumping into real estate, maybe doing it part time or relatively new to real estate without giving away too many of your trade secrets, what would be one bit of advice for somebody who's looking to get in now that hasn't done real estate before? So they haven't experienced a crash. Maybe they live through it, but they haven't from an entrepreneurial business standpoint been through a crash like that. What is the one bit of advice you would give them starting out to try and gain that experience or things that they should look out for? What's that kind of one little nugget? Timing, right? The, the Knowing that things don't stay the same in business. It, you have good, you have good times, but you also are going to have bad times. And and business is very fluid in a sense that you have to make it through the market cycles. And it's almost good to start a business after it crashes versus being at the top of the market because you, you, you know you you, you can only go up, right? And getting getting into a business that's recession proof, I think that's a huge huge uh, factor in in getting to business. And and the the two things that I've learned in real estate that I know that are recession proof that I do a lot of, and I make sure I don't do too much of it when the market's, you know, super high because you get caught with your pants down. The two, the two aspects I do in business right now in real estate that are recession proof is definitely wholesaling because you never really hold the ball. And as the economy gets worse, there's more opportunities because people get really motivated to sell their properties for cheap because they get themselves in a bad position. That's the first piece I would advise. I'd say is, you know, wholesaling is, is in, does really well in a down economy. And secondly, affordable housing. This is why I invest heavily into mobile home parks, right? You know, we own a ton of mobile home parks. And I think that's a recession-proof business because everybody needs a place to live and it's affordable. You know, anybody can afford 700 to 1000 bucks a month. Not everybody can afford a 1500 to $2,500 luxury apartment or a nice single family home. But as the economy crashes, if you got people paying 1500 to $2,000 for a nice brick on slab single family home and they get a pay cut or they lose their job and they're living off the government or one income, guess what? They're going to come down into that 700 to $1,000 range. So my customers actually increase as the economy gets worse and I've experienced that firsthand. So those two aspects of my business are recession proof. Uh, you know, and, and we do a lot of flipping, but you know, the re- that, that's retail side. If, if when the market crashed, you got a bunch of flips going and the bank sees up like in 2008, I mean, you, you know, you're screwed if that's your whole business model. So you got to be diversified in the sense you got to have different X, you know, different strategies and be diversified in your income streams. Perfect. Chris, I love it. I think that's as good in a spot as ever to kind of wrap up. I think you've given us a lot of stuff to think about. I love the idea of looking for recession-proof things because, you know, who knows when the bubble's going to pop, but it, it isn't always going to keep going up like it has been, right? We know, as you were saying, it's going to wax and wane. We're going to see ups and downs in, in, in the market itself. So, Chris, And I did search in 2008, one of the only stocks that went up in 2008 during the big crash is mobile home stocks. Why do you think that is? Because, you know, and who owns, you know, most of these mobile homes is uh, is Warren Buffett. He owns, he owns 21st Century, which is the finance company for these mobile homes. And he owns Clayton Mobile Homes, which is the biggest distributor of mobile homes in the whole world. So they they were the one of the only stocks that went up during the crash. And you got to think about it, it's because everybody was getting rid of their single family homes or, and, and that were maybe $150,000, $200,000. And you can go buy a trailer back then for 25, 30 grand. Right, man. 
I love it. Chris, again, thank you so much for joining us. For those that want to work with you, learn from you, invest with you, whatever it may be, where's the best place folks can find you online? Yeah, go to chrisrude.com. It's my website. Book a call with me and my team if you want to work with me. I, I put on masterminds. Matter of fact, I put on a mastermind in this house here in Destin, Florida in, in, in a month and a half. I do four masterminds a year, high level. I find guys that are, that are really talented, more talented than me, and we, we put on these small events and um, and really help bring value to each other and partner up with people all over the country. Or you can follow me on my you know, social media. I give away a lot of free content on YouTube, uh, Instagram. I blog pretty much every day on stories. You know, me and my wife are full-time real estate investor. I do land development, wholesaling, flip and mobile home parks, short-term vacation rentals, apartments. We do it all. And we share that with, with our audience. You can go follow me at Instagram at Real Estate Rude, Chris Rude Entrepreneur on Facebook and, and my personal page, Chris Rude. You follow me there. I think I'm maxed out on friends, but you press the follow button. You better see everything I post. Perfect. Well, Chris, again, I can't thank you enough for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we'll drop all those links for everyone to grab in the comments. Chris, thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.